If you're like me, you care about getting the most from your workouts, which means wearing the finest performance gear. You know, fabric that dries quickly and has superior moisture wicking properties. Fabric so soft and comfortable, you could, well, curl up and sleep in it. Introducing Sheeks, spelled S-H-E-E-X, the world's first performance bedding line. Sheeks began when two former elite athletes and coaches had an aha moment, combining everything we love about quality performance fabric with everything we love about comfortable, irresistible bedding. Unlike traditional sheets that trap heat, sheiks are breathable, so you aren't constantly waking up to throw off covers or out a blanket. So you sleep deeper, longer, and better. And sheiks bedding looks as good as it feels. Colors and styles that can match any decor at a price that will pleasantly surprise you. And right now, you can try sheiks for 30 nights risk-free. Just go to sleepcoolnow.com. Use promo code 1212 and get $40 off any sheet set. That's sleepcoolnow.com promo code 1212. Sleepcoolnow.com, 1212. This is our number three for the World According to Zig podcast for this June 24th, 2018 my name is John Ziegler. I'm the host of this show, where you can still get the truth about the news of the day or the week or the month, whatever it happens to be, from a conservative perspective in this world turned upside down. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. We're doing a, a special hour number three this week because we're joined by a really interesting guest that I'm very eager to speak to. Because about a month or so ago, you may recall that I have uh, written a column and also talked extensively on this podcast about a story that, if true, is, in my view, and this is a tough call because there's a lot to choose from, the biggest Trump scandal and potentially the most dangerous Trump scandal that there is. If it's not true, it's one of the strangest coincidences in the history of coincidences. What I'm referring to is the story of former Republican fundraiser, Elliot Broidy, who supposedly, supposedly admitted to paying a Playboy model $1.6 million to cover up an affair he supposedly had with her and, oh, by the way, the fact that she had an abortion because she was apparently had an abortion because she was pregnant at some point, and never gave birth. Now, that's the way the mainstream news media has reported this as just a, almost an asterisk to this whole Trump insanity. But that story doesn't make a lot of sense. What makes a hell of a lot more sense is that this Broidy actually paid this woman to cover up an affair and abortion for the president of the United States, Donald Trump. And then to make things even more insane, he got paid off by Trump, not by money, because Trump never pays anybody money because he doesn't have much of it himself. No, he got paid off by very, at best, iffy, Pentagon contracts. Now, the guy who first put all this together 
and uh, has written two fascinating articles for New York Magazine, is a law professor at the University of Colorado Boulder by the name of Paul Campos. And I have been stunned that we have not heard more from Paul Campos because you would have thought that the news media would be all over this. But for some reason, there's been a deafening silence in taking what Paul Campos has done and running with it. So I've asked Paul on to the podcast, and he has graciously agreed to do an interview with us. So without further ado, Paul Campos, welcome to the podcast. It's good to be here. Paul, uh, I am fascinated to speak to you for a number of reasons. Uh, I I believe that your two uh, New York Magazine articles about this story are dead on. I think it is obvious. I think the evidence is overwhelming. And yet very few people in the larger population, in percentage terms, have even heard about this story, at least from your perspective. Uh, Take us through how it is that you saw the original reporting, which was an odd story of this guy, Elliot Broidy or Brody, uh, having paid off a Playboy uh, mistress for $1.6 million, and that's still the way it's being reported. And you looked at it from a very different perspective. Take us through how that happened. Yeah, well, when I saw the uh, Wall Street Journal piece uh, back on April 13th, it struck me as a remarkable coincidence that uh, Elliot Brody should be having an affair with a Playboy playmate and that somehow uh, uh, Keith Davidson, the same lawyer who had handled the Karen McDougal and Stormy Daniels matters, uh, should (coughs) have uh, connected uh, Brody with Michael Cohen to have Michael Cohen (coughs) – represent Brody in um, the uh, settlement of the matter with uh, Sheriff Bouchard and uh, Davidson. Uh, that just, it just seemed to me extremely odd, uh, and it didn't seem to make any sense on its face. So I started looking into the question of what evidence there was for the story that was being presented, which is that, of course, that Brody had had this affair with Bouchard and it entered into a non-disclosure agreement for $1.6 million uh, with her to cover up their affair and her subsequent pregnancy and abortion. And I discovered that, in fact, there was no evidence at all for this story other than Elliot Brody saying that this had happened. And then when, furthermore, I looked into what reasons Brody would have to lie about this, the reasons were overwhelming. Brody had received essentially an enormous payoff from uh, the United Arab Emirates um, to, uh, for the purposes of selling his uh, defense contractor services to them via the influence peddling that he was doing through the Trump White House. And so it was very, very easy to connect the dots to, to explain how it was that uh, potentially Brody had actually been paying off somebody who was actually Donald Trump's mistress in order to do a favor for Trump so that he could continue his influence peddling business himself uh, in in a way that uh, profited him to the tune of several hundred million dollars. Now, this is all circumstantial, of course, but 
when I tried to find any direct evidence for the claim that Brody had an affair with Bashar, there was literally none. The only direct evidence was Brody saying that he had, and of course Brody had an enormously powerful incentive to lie about this, because if he <clears throat> had in fact not had an affair with Bashar, then obviously the payment that he was making was essentially a bribe to Donald Trump. So I laid out that story in New York Magazine, and many people, uh, both in the media and in the broader political world, found it very compelling. And what was most striking to me about the reaction was the lack of reaction from the Brody camp. I didn't hear anything from his legal representation uh, or from anybody else, no kind of a denial, uh, no, no statement of, oh, this is just uh, ridiculous or libelous or what have you. Right. And I think that silence speaks volumes. You know, I think that that shows that there's a very, very compelling circumstantial case that they are either unwilling or, in my view, much more likely unable uh, to refute uh, because I don't think that Brody ever had an affair with Bouchard. I think he had – I think Donald Trump had an affair with Bouchard and impregnated her and Brody – paid to make the matter go away in return in a straight quid pro quo for uh, Oval Office meetings with Donald Trump, which, by the way, he had immediately after the first – literally the next day after the first payment under the nondisclosure agreement was made. And then they resulted – those meetings apparently resulted in massive uh, government Pentagon contracts, correct? Yeah, absolutely. An enormous $600 million uh, contract from the United Arab Emirates to Brody's defense contractor firm. So, you know, you turn a $1.6 million payment into a $600 million uh, contract, that's a pretty good return on investment. All right. Now, there's so many aspects of this, but I want to make sure that the audience doesn't get uh, confused because this is not a well-known story uh, in, in the mainstream because many people have been afraid of it because it's just so damaging if true. And, and and by the way, I think Trump understands that's part of how Trump gets away with these things is because it's kind of the big lie theory. The bigger the lie, the more people will believe that it's it's not a lie because it's just so mind blowing to think that this could be what really happened. But you have outlined a very strong case. But let's go through the characters here. We've got Elliot Brody or Broidy, as his name is actually spelled. He is he's a rich guy who's been long married. Uh, he's older, he's not good-looking, he's not in shape, he's not the kind of guy that would have an affair with a Playboy model. Is that a fair assessment on your part? Yeah, I think that's, a, if anything, an understatement. It's an understatement. Uh, but, and yeah. so, let, so let's go, and then who's the Playboy model? Uh, Shara Bouchard. She is uh, very attractive, as you would expect from a, a Playboy model. And not only is she very attractive, she looks like a better-looking version of Stormy Daniels. Would that be a fair assessment? Yeah, she does quite look quite a bit like Stormy Daniels. Yep. Okay. Yet another remarkable coincidence. A remarkable coincidence. And uh, and of course, Trump, we have on record, not only having, uh, you know, with the Stormy Daniels affair, and who was not a Playboy model, but another Playboy model uh, has come out in very glowing terms, talked about her, her affair with Donald Trump, a guy who has publicly been very pro Playboy model throughout his life, has right. uh, had relationships with uh, Hugh Hefner, which apparently, by the way, soured for some reason, but has spent mm -hmm. time at the Playboy mansion. So here's a guy on record <laughs> with, having a lot of affinity for Playboy models and a lot of interaction with Playboy models in Donald Trump. And that does, but it doesn't end there. You have what you've already alluded to. 
who does Brody go to to broker this situation? He goes to Michael Cohen. Michael Cohen, of all people, the president's personal lawyer, the same person who brokered the deals with at least two other mistresses of who? Not Brody, but Donald Trump. So just on the face of it, is there anything that I'm, I'm missing or that that uh, I'm misinterpreting here, uh, Paul, about, about the, who the characters are and how suspicious this looks just on the face of it? Well, no, you're not, but there's one crucial detail uh, that you didn't mention, which is that Elliot Brody has been convicted for bribing public officials. Uh, this is something that uh, he hasn't done before. He has done it before. He pleaded guilty to a uh, large uh, bribery scandal in New York State in 2009 in which uh, more than a half dozen people in the comptroller's office uh, were bribed by Brody, and he ended up uh, turning state's evidence in order to avoid going to jail. He pleaded guilty to a felony, and so he has a history of doing this. This isn't, you know, this isn't hypothetical. So what we have is on both sides an established history of people behaving in exactly the way that my uh, hypothesis in regard to actually what well went down in the situation, um, you know, that, 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 that's what. Excellent point. Uh, Excellent point. So Bro- yeah. Brody has this history of doing exactly this type of thing with the bribe. Uh, and, and, and to your point, no evidence at all of a relationship with Sheriff Burchard, not just because he's old and fat and out of shape and has no celebrity and no cachet. I mean, Trump has charisma, celebrity, the type of thing. Mm-hmm. He had a TV. Sh- it's also important to point out, had a TV show, which would attract a, a Playboy model. Uh, yeah. Bro- Brody has nothing like that. He also, by the way, has no photos, apparently, of himself with the woman, right? Because if, right. if I'm having an affair with a Playboy model, I, I'm sorry, there's at least one photo somewhere. I can guarantee you that. And yeah. it, as soon as your article comes out, that photo is public, is it not? Well, you would think. And furthermore, according to the Wall Street Journal story that broke this back on April 13th, uh, Brody uh, supposedly had a one- to two-year affair with Bashard in which he was paying her for an exclusive relationship. Now, if that's true, there should be copious docu- documentation, uh, both financial and uh, otherwise, photographic, textual, etc., that could be presented to a reporter saying, well, yeah, see here, I really did that, have this affair with this woman. Uh, what was most striking to me in investigating this matter is that none of the uh, – of the news agencies to whom this story was leaked, which were the Journal, the New York Times, and CNN, um, either they, they failed to dig up any confirmation, uh, confirmatory evidence, or they, they never even looked for it. Now, uh, now that's, they, a really, they, that's a really important point, Paul. Because um, I am someone who believes that the mainstream news media is completely incompetent. Uh, and, and, And in this situation... They have what they think is an admission against self-interest, right? They they think they have an admission by Elliot Brody that hey, I had an affair. I'm I'm fessing up to it. I paid her off 1.6 million dollars. By the way, I gave an extra 200 thousand dollars for no reason to Michael Cohen uh, to, to to broker this situation. But I'm fessing up. I did this. I'm sorry. I'm resigning my position on the uh, the financing chair position at the Republican Party. And so in their minds, 
they think game, set, match. There's nothing to look at there here, right? He's admitting yeah. something against self-interest. Is, is, is my analysis of how they perceive this accurate in your view? Yes, absolutely. They normally, of course, when a man confesses, quote-unquote, to having an affair and to bribing his uh, ex-mistress uh, to keep the affair quiet, uh, you're assuming that that person is telling the truth because why would he lie about such a thing? But, of course, the answer in this case is that he has a, he is that he has a stupendously uh, powerful reason to lie about it because the alternative explanation is that $1.6 million to keep Sheriff Bouchard quiet was to keep Sheriff Bouchard quiet about Donald Trump's affair with Sheriff Bouchard and that Brody paid that to Michael Cohen as a quid pro quo for Brody being able to engage in his influence peddling business with uh, the Gulf state uh, uh, countries that he was dealing with. So there's a very obvious alternative hypothesis here, and what is most striking is precisely that the media never even bothered to look at that hypothesis and didn't demand any evidence from Brody whatsoever uh, to why he wasn't actually bribing Donald Trump. Why wasn't he asked that question? Why wasn't he, why wasn't he told, uh, well, look, you're saying that this is how it went down, but show us some evidence that it went down that way. Instead, they just said, oh, okay, well, that's what happened. And so this is, that narrative is still being pushed out there, even though, again, I want to emphasize, there is no evidence whatsoever for it except the words of people whose words are completely worthless, Brody and, uh, by implication, Trump. And also here I want to emphasize another detail, which is Elliot Brody is a man who has very, very extensive litigation history, right? He's been involved in a lot of lawsuits, people suing him, him suing other people. He's engaged in heavy-duty uh, uh, litigation right now with the, with the country of Qatar, uh, precisely because he was trying to steer U.S. policy away from Qatar and towards the UAE and Saudi Arabia. In all of those instances, uh, Brody has used only the, the, the most prominent, uh, most expensive, sort of most glamorous, law firms to represent uh, his business. Uh, in, in this particular instance, we're being asked to believe that he was contacted by uh, Michael Cohen out of the blue after William, uh, uh, after uh, Keith Davidson supposedly told uh, Cohen uh, in, uh, that uh, Brody has had this affair with Kishar, which by the way, Davidson had absolutely no right to tell Cohen that and was in, in, with the uh, committing uh, massive legal malpractice by telling Cohen that thing because he was revealing uh, his client, Sheriff Bouchard's, uh, uh, you know, secret in doing so. But supposedly what happened is that Davidson told Cohen, hey, this guy, Elliot Brody, who's your co-chair on the RNC Finance Committee, um, is having this affair with Sheriff Bouchard, and then Cohen, uh, who's barely even a lawyer and basically a thug with a law degree, calls Brody up and says, oh, by the way, here you're having this problem with Sheriff Bouchard. Why am I representing him and making it go away? That is a preposterous story. If that had actually happened, I can tell you what would have happened immediately. What would have happened is that Elliot Brody would have picked up the phone and called his lawyer at Gibson Dunn um, or at Boyce Schiller or any of these other top firms that have, that have uh, represented him. And, and uh, David Goyes would have written a letter to uh, Michael Cohen saying, you're attempting to export my client, and, I'm, and if you continue in this vein whatsoever, I'm going to turn uh, all of this contact information over to the DOJ because that's what you're doing. That's what would have happened. But, but, but the reason that didn't happen 
is because this whole story about Michael Cohen just calling Brody out of the blue and Brody saying, oh, okay, I guess I use you for my lawyer, even though I've, you know, you're a stranger to me and yet somehow you know about my most intimate affairs, that story is, uh, is, uh, is just a bunch of baloney. It's, it's nonsense. It's an obvious fabrication, and the fact that the media continues to swallow it hook, line, and sinker is just a real indictment of a failure to do any reporting on this story. All right, Paul, well, you, you kind of indirectly raise a, a, a point that, to me, is one of those that has been, uh, of the many that have been lost in this whole uh, affair, is that what was Brody's incentive to give Shara Bouchard $1.6 million to begin with? Because oh, I, 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 yeah. he's, he's rich. Yes, I get that he wouldn't want... Uh, this to be known. Let's pretend for a second that this affair actually happened. Ha ha. Yeah. Uh, but he, you know he's rich. He doesn't want that out. But we've already we've already set the price. We know what the current price is here. Even for a presidential candidate, it's only yeah. one hundred and thirty thousand dollars for 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 a presidential candidate to keep a, an affair quiet in the middle of a presidential campaign. Here he's been <laughs> married. He's still married. To me, the first thing that would happen if this was real is his wife leaves him there's no evidence of that happening but what's his incentive to pay her so much there's no it doesn't make any sense whatsoever that was another reason why i pursued this story because the payment amount uh was uh, just so bizarre uh now the you know one difference between the mcdougall and daniel's business here there's apparently a pregnancy and a subsequent abortion so that's a, a difference well i want to talk about that was. i want to talk about that okay so yes there, there's apparently an abortion now by the way we like so much in this case there's what uh, a logical mind tells you is true and there's what you can prove uh that we apparently know there was a pregnancy and we know there was no child but we, we're presuming that that means there was an abortion, right? We don't know that for 100%, do we? No, we don't at all. And we don't, in fact, we don't know that there was a pregnancy. Well, what, wait a All minute. we know is that Shara Bouchard told Keith Davidson, supposedly, that she was pregnant uh, by somebody and that Keith Davidson contacted Michael Cohen and that Michael Cohen contacted Elliot Brody. But we don't know that Shara Bouchard was pregnant. Okay. Um, you know, we... It's possible that Sheriff Bouchard may have just decided after seeing the Karen McDougal and the Stormy Daniels stories come out that after she's had an affair with Donald Trump, she decided, well, I'm going to get a payday too. And by the way, my payday will be a lot better if I'm actually pregnant. Uh, and you know, maybe she was pregnant, maybe she wasn't. We don't know. I mean, that, that, again, that's another thing that, uh, that your journalists ought to be skeptical about. But uh, the payment amount involved here makes absolutely no sense if you assume that the other party is Elliot Brody. Who's Elliot Brody? Who cares if he had an affair with Sheriff Bouchard? Literally no one in the world would care except Elliot Brody's wife. But if Elliot Brody's wife uh, is so willing to divorce him that he's actually willing to pay $1.6 million to hush up a supposed affair – then there's two questions that immediately lead to mind. One you've already pointed out, which is that he hasn't left her after this supposed affair. Uh, she hasn't left him after the supposed affair uh, got exposed. Uh, and uh, secondly, um, if, if, in fact, he was so desperate to keep this whole thing quiet, why did he roll over the second that the Wall Street Journal um, uh, contacted him? I mean, that's kind of an amazing detail, isn't it? I mean, he could have just said no comment. He could have denied it. 
Um, he, he, you know, it's not like the Wall Street Journal has subpoena power. They can't force him to say anything about this. Uh, his that he's actually David Dennison, you know, the pseudonym that was used in this NDA. But the moment that he's contacted by a journalist, he says, "Oh yeah, that's me. <laughs> I'm the David Dennison in that NDA." Even though I paid 1.6 million dollars to hush this thing up, uh, I'm admitting to it the very first moment that I'm confronted with any uh, evidence. Uh, suggesting that I'm actually David Dennison, as opposed to who David Dennison was in the NDA between uh, Donald Trump and Stormy Daniels, which was, of course, uh, Donald Trump. Let, let's be clear so, about this Dennison thing. It's it's an amazing yeah. coincidence that this the same the same alias is being used in both the Trump case and the Brody case, right? Yeah, I right. mean, it's, I mean, of course, it's, it, there is a hypothesis here, uh, which is that Michael Cohen is such an incredibly lazy and incompetent lawyer that he would use the same pseudonyms in two different NDAs for two different clients. But I think the much more likely reason, of course, is because Michael Cohen had just uh, generated a bunch of NDAs to, to hush up affairs that Trump had, and he just kept using the same pseudonyms. Okay. By the way, I don't for a moment believe that the three NDAs that we've heard about are the only ones that are out right. there. Okay. There's probably several others. Uh, Michael Avenatti, uh, Stormy Daniels, and the current lawyer uh, has indicated that he uh, has been contacted by other women uh, who've uh, signed NDAs uh, with Trump. Uh, and so all of this just adds up to the conclusion that Elliot Brody is, is just selling a completely incredible story to the media, which the media could just continue to, um, uh, to, to repeat um, because they haven't bothered to do any investigation and they continue to do no investigation on this story. Okay. Now, when you say that the Wall Street Journal contacted Brody, it certainly sounds like Brody was thrilled that that happened because he wanted this out there. Uh, yeah. do, we, do we know anything about the circumstances that caused the Wall Street Journal to, to make that phone call? Um, we know that some, somebody contacted the journal uh, very, very shortly before that story ran on April 13th, probably immediately after the raid on Michael Cohen's um, uh, office on April 9th, and told them about the existence of this other NDA with David Dennison. Now, we don't know who the leaker was, uh, but uh, it, it, it's, uh, it's clear that it happened um, you know, within uh, a couple of days before the story actually got published by the journal because this got reported out very, very quickly. Uh, and um, you know, we don't know who it is that leaked it. One potential hypothesis here is that the Trump people leaked it because they wanted to get out ahead of the story. You know, they they realized that once Cohen's office had been raided, the existence of this other NDA was going to come to light. Right. And of course, imagine if the if that NDA had come to light and there's an agreement between David Dennison and Peggy Peterson, the other student that's being used for 1.6 million dollars to hush up a pregnancy and abortion. Uh, if that had come to light first, and then Elliot Brody comes forward and says, "Oh, by the way, that David Dennison and that NDA is me," uh, nobody would have believed it, right? And I mean, even the Wall Street Journal and New York Times wouldn't have been naive enough to go, "Oh, okay, I guess that's true," <laughs> right? Well, and it, and so it's the also the only reason that they swallowed the story is because uh, their uh, uh, because their sources basically fed them the story uh, before they reported it out. They just told them, "Oh, look, here's 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 what happened. Just take our word for it." And then they just, they, you know, in stenographic fashion, they just printed it. And again, circumstantial, but keeping with your theory, if you're going to, if you're the Trump people and you're going to leak something, the Wall Street Journal owned by News Corp is a pretty good place to do it. Oh, yeah. And, you know, they also leaked it to the Times and they also leaked it to CNN. Uh, but it was clearly designed 
to get out uh, the, to get the story out there as quickly as possible. Okay. Now, that doesn't mean that it was necessarily uh, leaked by people directly, you know, in the Trump right. um, uh, uh, pipeline. But it may well have been. But right. again, Let the, the point here is that the only evidence for the story that is being presented as the facts of the matter are the extremely self-interested claims of right. people whose credibility is non-existent. I, I get it. Um, now that you've, you've mentioned the, the timeline, the timeline in these situations is always everything. And uh, the timeline fits exceedingly well. Uh, especially with regard to the the Pentagon element of this, the payoff element for Brody, uh, with your theory. The one part of this, and maybe there's an explanation, maybe there doesn't need to be one, that I'm a little bit uh, iffy on is why do you think that she waited till after Trump was elected in order to to create this situation and get paid off? Wouldn't, Wouldn't this have been far more valuable, especially if there was an abortion, prior to his election. Uh, well, yeah, uh, that's true. But I do think that um, the most likely explanation for that is that Trump was having an affair with her while he was president. And um, so you so there's no that, he, so there's no evidence. Probably, that, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish. He probably got uh, if she got pregnant, he, he probably got her pregnant um, in late September of 2017. And what are you basing that on? I'm basing that on Sherry Bashard's uh, social media history, uh, which includes her telling a friend of hers at the end of October uh, that she was pregnant, and her telling another friend, um, a separate person, uh, that she that the baby was due um, in uh, in June. So if you do the math that's involved, it's likely that this involves a liaison around the weekend of September 22nd, which, by the way, uh, Sheriff Bashard was in New York City that weekend. And guess who else was in New York City that weekend? Donald Trump. Wow. Okay. All right. <laughs> Shazam. Okay. Now, that doesn't, again, doesn't prove anything. Um, uh, but let's think about this. You know, my, my first thought was, it's awfully difficult in this day and age to get a Playboy model to be have private time with the president without there being some semblance of of record of that, whether it's a, a visitor log or a, a photograph from the media or whatever. But if he's in New York at Trump Tower, now he's in total. Yeah, well, he wasn't at Trump Tower, but he was, he was at his New Jersey golf Oh, club in Bedminster. He's in Bed. He's in Bedminster. Okay. Yeah. All right. So he's in Bed. He's in Bedminster that weekend. And uh, Sheriff Bashard was in New York City that weekend, and of course it's a fair, it's a fair, it, it, there by the way, there's a helipad at the Bedminster uh, Golf Club, and uh, it would be very easy to, to you could get from you know Midtown to there in like 25 minutes in a helicopter or less. All right, but now, <laughs> oh man, okay. Now, obviously, though, we know it, it's very, very difficult to be able to discern when she would have become pregnant. I mean, that, that's a, that's a crapshoot, but well, no, given, well, given what she told her friends, it's pretty clear that it was like September if she was pregnant because she told one friend 
you know, at the end of October that she was pregnant, and that she, apparently she just discovered this, and she told another friend that she was due, uh, I believe, uh, if I remember correctly, June 22nd, and if you do a uh, nine-month, I mean, you could you could use an online pregnancy calculator, and, which I don't know that she did, but you would you would come to the conclusion that it was right at the end of September, or if you're just doing a straight nine-month count, it would, of course, be uh, September 22nd. And it's very interesting that uh, Trump was in New York both on the 22nd and the 29th. He was at the Vendance. Okay, now, did did she, in, her so, in her social media, did Bouchard say anything about who might be the father? Uh, no. Okay. Um, do you know of any – part of my confusion in this, and I want to get now to the reaction to your story and how your story came to be in the New York Magazine, but part of – uh, what mystifies me here, Paul, is, is there any indication, because I've not seen any, that Bouchard is under any sort of media watch? Has anyone gone after her to talk to her about this? Because I she's... See no, I see no indication whatsoever that anyone is pursuing this story. Now, that doesn't mean, of course, that someone isn't. But, you know, here I want to emphasize something, okay? I'm a law professor... Uh, you know, who uh, does what law professors normally do in terms of teaching and writing and so forth. And I do do uh, some occasional investigative journalism as well. Um, but I'm not in a position where I'm just going to like fly out to Southern California and spend like three weeks trying to nail down, uh, you know, evidence in regard to, you know, Sheriff Bashar's network, um, uh, Elliot Brody's um you know, uh, you know, going on and so forth. Uh, this is a job for investigative, for full-time investigative reporters, uh, and it is astonishing to me that at this point I see no evidence that anyone in the media is trying to nail this story down. Um, maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe somebody is obviously, um, you know, it's possible that somebody is, is investigating it and trying to report it out and so forth, but... Um, it's so characteristic of the whole Trump age that this amazing potential bombshell of a story, just an enormous scandal, is just sort of lying there, and people are just not don't really seem to be pursuing it. So, so Paul, I, I share your absolute um, being mystified by the lack of a seeming lack of interest by the mainstream news media in this massive scandal that, as you say, is just laying there waiting for someone to pick it up. I, unfortunately, I've been in a similar situation in a completely different story, and uh, I don't have a lot of faith that anyone's going to change their behavior because the, the mainstream news media is just that clueless and gutless. Uh, but that gets me to how it is that your your story first appeared. You've written two uh, of these Um how did it first appear in the New York Magazine? Because my my um, experience would tell me that New York Magazine, being a mainstream publication, might look at this and go, wow, you, you got a great theory here, but this is just a theory, and you're going after the President of the United States with some really potentially explosive allegations, and we're just not comfortable with the fact that you might not have enough to prove it because the standard of proof would be insane media being, you know, very conservative and being afraid of lawsuits and negative publicity and what have you. So how is it that this became at first a column or an article, whatever you want to call it in New York magazine? Well, the way that happened is I, uh, 
wrote up a um, a proposal essentially, and I approached a couple different publications, and um, I spoke to a editor in New York Magazine who thought that it was a really compelling hypothesis, and so we just worked up the story in such a way so as to make it you know clear that we weren't claiming any more evidence than we had, uh, but that the uh, evidence that existed, um, uh, you know, from a circumstantial perspective was uh, very, very powerful. And by the way, one thing that sometimes people say to sort of discredit an argument is say, well, oh, you, you know, you have a purely circumstantial case. Well, you know, people in this country go to prison every day on circumstantial evidence. Right. You know, you can you can convict somebody beyond a reasonable doubt if you have a sufficiently powerful circumstantial case. You don't need direct evidence, although of course it's always nice to have it. Um, what you know, what I have emphasized all along here uh, in the couple of pieces I've written on this um, is that the circumstantial case is um, uh, met by. Uh, essentially no case of any kind on the other side. Uh, again, it would be very, very easy to explode a theory that Sherry Bouchard was having an affair with Donald Trump um, if Elliot Brody and his legal counsel and Michael Cohen and his legal counsel uh, wanted to do so. They could show – I mean, again – you know, if you have a if you have a two year affair with a you know with a sugar baby mistress, there's evidence. Really, there's evidence. Yeah. <laughs> it's really easy to prove, Espe- you know, especially in this day, day especially yeah. in this day and age where you got emails and cell phones yeah, text, and photographs, and, texts, and, and, and where's the money, right? I mean, you know, supposedly he's paying her for exclusivity. Well, show me some wire transfers. Show me some checks. Show me something. You know. And by the way, by the way, I want to stop you on this on this payment issue, because I I was not fully aware that his story is that he was basically using her as a prostitute, right? I mean, that's essentially what it's his story is. And if if he's using her as a prostitute, how is she getting pregnant? Because that's well, the, that that because because guess what? There's a I know a famous rich man who has sex with uh, adult entertainment. Um, uh, uh, figures uh, without but, using any kind of uh, contraceptive protection. Yeah, I know who that uh, is. That, I've heard of him. Yeah, you've heard of him, right? <laughs> uh, that's yet another coincidence in this situation. By the way, I want to emphasize here that, that this notion of a, uh, a sort of long-running affair where you're paying the other woman to, to – you're paying the woman to be you know, your girlfriend – you know, now has a sort of <laughs> has a sort of well-established pedigree in this culture at present. So much so that it has a you know it has a specific name. And, you know, it's uh, it's called sugaring. Uh, basically, means you've got a sugar daddy and a sugar baby, and it's that kind of arrangement. Uh, apparently, Donald Trump is very familiar with that kind of arrangement. Uh, again, there's no evidence that Elliot Brody has ever had any kind of extramarital affair. Uh, and uh, his wife, you know, is not leaving him. She's a prominent attorney, by the way. She could certainly, you know, right. uh, she, she certainly has the, the independence to do so if she wants to. Right. Um, so, you know, again, that all adds up okay. to a complete okay. lack of evidence for the story that Brody is telling. Right. Uh, and I think, by the way, that one way this may all come out uh, eventually is if Michael Cohen turns state's uh, uh, evidence, you know, if he flips, uh, then we may well find out what the truth is behind this uh, this supposed NDA between 
Now, well, there is an NDA, of course, between Brody and, and Bouchard, right. but we may well find out that that NDA is based not on an affair between Brody and Bouchard, but on an affair between Trump and Bouchard. Okay, so back to the media element of this, uh, Paul. So New York Magazine says this is really interesting. Did they give you much grief in the vetting process? Because I've, I've had personal experience where this is where they can kill you uh, as, the, as they create a standard of burden of proof that's just unrealistic. How was that process for you? Uh, that process was really quite good, actually. They, uh, you know, we just uh, uh, we worked out some uh, some editing in regard to some you know phrasing on some uh, matters. But the basic structure uh, of the story that I presented to them is what eventually appeared in the magazine. That's so, awesome. Uh, okay, so yeah, it, so so tell me because because you did two parts. I want to go part by part here. So the first part comes out, and what was the media reaction to that, both publicly as well as anyone maybe contacting you privately? Well, the media reaction was uh, a lot of people, a lot of prominent people said, this sounds like a very plausible hypothesis. Right. Uh, and uh, that in, in, uh, included, um, you know, some, some, you know, some quite prominent figures who said, this makes all kinds of sense. And, um, even some some a uh, couple of quite conservative commentators, uh, not pro-Trump people, but quite you know quite conservative political figures in the media, who said, um, "Yeah, this uh, this uh, this this story makes all kinds of sense." And the story that Elliot Brody told to the Wall Street Journal doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> so, right. Okay. So but did anyone did yeah. anyone contact you privately and say, "Hey, uh, we want to work on this. Get to the bottom of this." Nobody nobody offered to do that. Um, I did hear privately from people uh, who uh, who said, "Yeah, this sounds like it makes all kinds of sense," uh, but I didn't hear from any reporters who said, "Hey, you want to be, uh, you know, Woodward or Mike Bernstein or whatever." <laughs> you know? right. Instead, it was just, you know, uh, people were very, very positive. And then I wrote, you know, a follow-up story a couple of weeks later after the AP reported out uh, Elliot Brody's, uh, you know, uh, incredibly uh, sleazy uh, influence peddling. In which you know he he met with Trump in the White House literally the day after um, the first the first payment was made on the NDA uh, to Shara Bashard, and then a few days after that his company gets a six hundred million dollar contract with the UAE. And by you the know, way, this is this is through the Pentagon, right? Well, it's the. Uh, it's no, it's the UAE's, uh, you know, but there were, tell me there were Pentagon contracts involved in this, were there not? Well, I mean, my understanding is that the contracts that are involved are the contracts that go through Brody's uh, private defense uh, firm, uh, which is called C-I-R-R, I can't remember the exact name of Sirunus, I think, I can't remember. Sirius, something like that, yeah. Yeah, that's his, you know, that's his firm, and he entered into these big, big contracts with the UAE. You know, immediately after meeting with Trump in the White House, and that okay, but, meeting happened immediately after you know, okay. the first payment was well, made. What would what would Trump's what would Trump's control be over him helping facilitate the contracts involving the UAE? Uh, I think all that is that's happening there is just classic, straight up, you know, influence peddling of the swampiest kind, which is uh, which is Brody saying, "Hey, look, here's this happiness that I have Donald Trump's ear. I'm pushing very hard." Um, to uh, to turn U.S. government policy towards the UAE and away from Qatar, and I'm doing everything that I can to be in Trump's ear and to uh, to change U.S. policy. 
so how about some sugar in the way of some defense contracts coming back in my direction? And okay, so so what you're looking okay. so so this okay I see what you're saying so then and and by the way maybe the greatest scandal in this is that Trump is allowing U.S. policy towards an ally Cutter uh, to be influenced <laughs> because he's trying to help out a buddy who in 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 your view and I agree with this helped him pay off his mistress. Who, who had an affair affair and apparently an abortion with him. Is that is that where you're at on this? That's the story. The story is that Donald Trump needs somebody to pay off his playmate that he knocked up. And so he decided to allow Elliot Breitel to literally come into the Oval Office for the purposes of being able to present you know, his credentials in regard to influence peddling to the United Arab Emirates. So that and Brody in the quid pro quo then paid one point six million dollars that Donald Trump needed to be funneled to share of a shard one way or the other through Michael Cohen. That's the story. Right. That, right. It, to me it's obvious. It's okay. obvious. But I just want to make sure what I I want to make sure people understand what we're dealing with here as far as because there's multiple elements of this scandal and I don't want to leave Cutter out of this because that's where this is Cutter is getting hosed here. Right, because American policy is changing towards them, apparently because of this arrangement. Right? Yeah, and Gus is involved in an extremely uh, 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 confrontational and bitter lawsuit right now with Cutter, Elliot Brody. Right. Uh, and, and is there any chance? Do you think that in that lawsuit that we will find out more about what really happened here? Yeah. Quite possible. So, so why is you now is that lawsuit on that's by the government of Qatar against Brody? No, Brody is so, suing. Okay, the right. Of that's what I thought. So, so why would Brody, if he knows that in the in the midst of uh, this lawsuit that there's going to be discovery, and mm-hmm. Cutter Cutter has to have read your article, right? <laughs> so, yeah, so, so. Isn't that kind of stupid to the point of maybe making you think that is it possible we don't have this right that 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 Brody would be so dumb as to pursue a lawsuit in it that could expose all this? Well, you know, I mean, these guys behave as if they're invulnerable, and guess what? Maybe they are because. Uh, Elliot Brody has taken a gamble here that nobody would actually look further into his affairs, and so far that gamble has paid off. So who am I to say that he's making a bad move? Well, and, he's and, just assuming that the American media is going to fail to do his job, and you know what? That's a pretty good bet. That unfortunately is a very good bet. And and by the way, your your second article in in New York Magazine uh, kind of proved that, and that whole UAE story proved it because as part of that UAE story. Mainstream news media outlets were just throwing out this supposed fact that that Brody had paid off the a mistress that he had an affair with, as if that was uh, uncontroversial. Uh, no one's brought up any kind of counter uh, theory or argument about that, and they've just accepted that as that's a part of the narrative. Uh, yeah, the AP story itself actually said that. The AP story that was presenting Elliot Brody's you know, incredibly sleazy dealings, just matter of fact, like I said, oh, and by the way, Elliot Brody used Michael Cohen to pay off a mistress that he had an affair with. Okay, so let's let's review. 
Paul, here's what it, it seems like, and I am in basically lockstep with you, although I have a couple of minor questions about, you know, like that lawsuit kind of bothers me a little bit, but maybe he is just that dumb or that arrogant. But, but here's, here's what we think happened. And I didn't, this is new information to me about the dates of the potential uh, act that created the pregnancy. But the, the, the theory would be that last September, Donald Trump and this Playboy model, Shara Bouchard, are, in this, are both in the New York City area on consecutive weekends. And that, mm-hmm. that that theoretically would have been when Trump has an affair and impregnates her because he know we know that he doesn't like using a condom from the from the Stormy Daniels story and, and others. Uh, so she gets impregnated uh, at, at some point during that process. Uh, she gets paid off one point six million dollars via Michael Cohen. And uh, Elliot Brody takes the fall for that, uh, paying paying the $1.6 million. Presumably, at some point, that pregnancy ends, uh, whether it's, it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't result in a child, because we would know about that, uh, which, of course, then uh, allows a reasonable person to presume that there was an abortion. Uh, which, well, the child would have been born this weekend. Is that right? The child would have been born yeah. this weekend. Okay. Yep. Uh, and there's no there's no evidence that Sheriff Bouchard has given birth. Well, she's clearly right? not pregnant because I mean she you know she's been you know she's been visible at least a little bit on social media in the last few months. So if she so if she did get pregnant. That pregnancy ended. Right. Um, okay. You know, and yeah. All right. So so just to finish the story then. So she gets paid. Brody takes the fall. Brody views this as. A, a effectively a way for him to bribe or gain favor with Donald Trump because it's well worth $1.6 million to gain favor with the president of the United States. You basically now have Brody, let's be clear, has Trump by the shortest of hairs, right? Because at any yeah. moment he could come forward and say, you know what? This was all a big lie. Trump was the one that had the affair. It happened while he was president. There was an abortion and and that's that's devastating to Trump. So now Brody has enormous leverage over Trump, and he uses that leverage to get a meeting immediately after the first payment to Brichard from Brody, and all, right after that, by by leveraging this to have us change our policy towards Cutter, or at least appearing to do so, he gets new contracts with Cutter's enemy, the UAE, in a wink, wink, nod, nod influence peddling swampy situation is, is that is that essentially yeah, what you think happened that's what that's what i think happened i think it's extremely likely that that's how it went down and let's be clear if anything close to what we just described went down by normal standards and i realize we're not living in normal standards in trump world but in normal standards to me that would be the largest scandal in the history of at least the modern history of the United States presidency. Is that is that a fair assessment on your part? Are you agree with that? Yeah, it certainly would be, if not the largest, one of the largest. It would be an enormous bombshell. Um, and, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's, uh, that, I think, is the state of play. And uh, it, it's a... And, um, and to your knowledge, there's no mainstream news media outlets that are working on there's no mean mainstream media outlets that are working on this feverishly there's no uh you know uh, live trucks outside the door of sheriff bashard uh staking her out 
Uh, she's never been asked about this. Uh, Michael Cohen apparently has never been asked about this. Is that is that also accurate? Well, as far as I know, although I mean, if he flips, that's going to be one of the first things that the, uh, the Southern District of New York asks him about. That's for sure. Right. Um, and and, and he hasn't, yeah, Vance, he hasn't asked that. I mean, you know who else hasn't asked anything about this? Uh, any anybody related to Elliot Brody, like his wife, his kids, anybody else who might actually know what the real score is. So because, Brody Brody hasn't been yeah. asked. His wife hasn't been asked. Brashard hasn't been well, asked. Brody, no, Brody has been asked. Brody's been asked, and Brody uh, Brody's uh, uh, spokesman. Uh, this is only just a couple of weeks ago, by the way. Uh, said in response to a Newsweek story, which you know floated, uh, you know the idea, you know, um, which I first put out there, that maybe uh, Brody was really covering up for Trump. Brody's spokesman's response was, uh, "This doesn't merit a response." <laughs> okay, well, which if you're a lawyer, that means uh, I don't want to answer your questions. Right. Okay. But by and large, I mean, directly, Brody has never answered a question about this. Sheriff Richard's never been asked or responded. Trump's never been asked or responded. Cohen's never been asked or responded. No one in the media cares about this, apparently. Uh, You've not been contacted by anybody saying, hey, we want to help you or hire you to to get to the bottom of this. Does does how much does this does this reaction to your two New York magazine pieces shock you, Paul? Uh, it, I have to say it's discouraging. I mean, I really do. I mean, I, I think, um, that the lack of any kind of apparent follow-up, and again, I'll emphasize that I could be wrong about that. You know, somebody could be working this and I just don't happen to know. I think you would know it. I think you would know it because I think they would come, I think they would come to you and say, Hey, you got anything else, uh, that can help us here. I mean, for instance, by the way, I mean, you know, you and I off of the podcast have already had discussions where I've learned information that if I was looking into this, it would be helpful to me. So, so, yeah, I mean, so look, it looks very much like you're right, that there isn't any follow up on this. And I think there isn't any follow up for a couple of reasons. One is laziness and incompetence. And uh, the other is the the sort of uh, weird the situation that the Trump administration has created where there's such constant scandal and uproar and outrage over every, you know, new, fresh, you know, uh, right. sort of disaster of one kind or another, that it's just extremely difficult to keep uh, focus on any one uh, subject, no matter how uh, uh, potentially uh, scandalous, you know, it might actually be. So, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it is it is a discouraging situation in that regard because it you know, as some people have commented it just sort of seems like nothing matters anymore. I hear you. I I couldn't relate more. Uh, I applaud you for what you've done in putting this together. I have no idea whether or not we're ever going to get to the bottom of this because it's it's an, a story that's in, intrinsically difficult to prove. Although in some ways, you know, if if the right people, Cohen, Brody, Burchard, start talking, it would actually be pretty easy. Uh, so um, you know, this is this is fascinating stuff. And uh, Paul Campos, law professor at the University of Colorado, uh, I hope you keep on it and uh, let's keep in touch. All right. All right. Thanks. I appreciate it.
Wow. Uh, I hope you found that uh, anywhere near as interesting as I did. <laughs> I had high expectations for that interview, but other than the audio quality, which was poor at times, that was uh, fascinating and really outstanding and a classic example of how uh, the truth can just be hanging out there and the media just be clueless about it. Now that, you know, there's obviously I'm immediately thinking to what happened with the whole Penn State Paterno Sandusky thing in my experience, because there are a lot of similarities, but there's one big difference. And that is the media, if they ever saw the light, would also see the huge incentive in going after this. So this is a story where if the right match was lit at the right time, it would explode in a massive, massive way. I have no idea whether or not that's likely to ever happen, but I am completely convinced. I, well, I shouldn't say completely. I am 98% convinced that the essence of Paul's narrative is accurate. Uh, I have a few questions, which I asked there that I'm still a little bit, uh, a little bit hesitant about, but, but frankly, I, I always get back to the bottom line. If he was wrong, and this is exactly like the Penn state situation, if he was wrong, there would be mountains of evidence to show it, to prove it. And there's none. So not only does the logic and the circumstantial evidence indicate that he's right, there's nothing on the other side, which he said numerous times. I will um, likely be writing a Mediate article about uh, this subject in this interview, so make sure you uh, look be on the lookout for that. Share that via social media. And as always, I only ask two things of you. Share this podcast via social media, Twitter, Facebook, word of mouth, what have you. And also, number two, do yourself a favor. And if you're one of those people who sleeps, and when you sleep, you use sheets, please pay attention to this important message. My name is John Ziegler. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. Coffee? Oh, thanks. How did you sleep? Ugh, like a baby. I don't want to get out of bed, ever. These sheets are mm, incredibly soft. What did you say they're called again? Performance bedding by Sheiks. <laughs> performance bedding? <laughs> yeah. They're made from super high-tech performance fabric. They're incredibly breathable, so you're not waking up at night throwing covers off and then an hour later throwing them back on. Huh. No wonder I slept so good. Since I started using Sheiks, I sleep like a baby. No more sweaty nights for me. No? Well. <laughs> well, I like them because they're soft. They feel like, mmm, silk. Performance fabric, huh? Maybe we should... Oh, I don't know. Try them out again. <laughs> <laughs> Comfort and performance for better sleep. That's Sheiks. S-H-E-E-X. Sheiks. Try Sheiks for 30 nights risk-free. Go to sleepcoolnow.com. Use promo code 1212 and get $40 off any sheet set. That's sleepcoolnow.com, promo code 1212. Sleepcoolnow.com, 1212.